back to another edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman as we are on the precipice of perhaps World War III, Brian, as I'm watching CNN around the clock right now. And it's our first uh, uh, conflict on Twitter, I think, is the, something that all of us are getting used to as well as I've been sitting on my phone looking for updates and all this other yes. stuff. It's been a crazy time in sports, crazy time in your life. Everyone's life. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, how's it going? What's new? Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, we just keep getting better and better news in the world we live in, don't we? It's uh, goodness gracious. I feel for the kids. Hard to grow up in this thing. So, hey, I got Paul McCartney tickets this week, so my life is good. Oh, you have Paul McCartney this week. Yeah, he still performs June seventh at Fenway Park. I hope he does because it cost me almost two hundred bucks. So, whoa, okay. My my reasoning was, uh, he's a Beatle, and if you get a chance to go see a Beatle, you go see a Beatle. Right. Let's see a beetle. Yeah. Now, yeah. so that would apply also to Ringo. Yeah. If Ringo was playing like at uh Bohegan Sun Wolf Den, I'd go check him out. <laughs> yeah. It would be a little cheaper for you. So you know, have you watched the Beatles documentary yet? You will have a I great have not watched it. I will Ringo. I will. I will watch the Beatles documentary. I'm watching actually right now. Okay. For you dorks out there, sports dorks like myself. Um, I didn't even know I had this, but I'm watching on the ACC network. They're doing like a 10 week series on the Atlantic Coast Conference basketball tournament, which, again, maybe not everyone's into, but it goes back to like the early 50s before uh, basketball was integrated in the, in the South. Yeah, it's kind of cool. If you're a sports dork like me, who also loves the history of certain sports. Very cool. It's long. But uh, so, again, I will queue up the Beatles on Disney. That's on Disney Plus, I believe. Yep. So, yeah, we of course, the family has that. So we'll queue that up soon. And listen, before we get started, I want to give you some credit for something else. But oh, you uh, you had Bob Glober on. That was your guest. You booked him. And who was honored before the Super Bowl? I don't know if you caught Oh, that. yeah. The I guy that he wrote that. about in that book. Yeah, they had. Oh, that's they, right. The four the, the first four. Yep. Yeah, that they were they were discussed at the at the Los Angeles at the before the Super Bowl. There was a segment praising them. And I thought of you because I'm like, that was a great book. It was your guest. And finally, the NFL is catching on. So uh, good, kudos yeah, to and you, that, Brian. That book, and I'm going to talk about it in a little while, that book has now unexpectedly taken on entirely new meaning to me. And I'll just leave it at that till later. All right. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Super Bowl, we didn't talk about it. Pretty good Super Bowl. Um, fairly entertaining. Yep. Aaron Donald should have been the MVP, but who cares? He got a ring. Yeah, I disagree with you on that, but that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. I, uh, I'm i okay with it because it's it's possible that I put a couple shekels down on uh, Cooper Cup winning the MVP. It's possible I uh, made out on that, but good for so you. it's all good. Yeah. So possible. the NFL is behind us. Now we have months to be miserable without it. And now the Major League Baseball season is now uh, trying to come upon us. But, you know, Brian, every time we have go through one of these labor disagreements, I think to myself, there's no way these two sides can get any dumber. But they prove me wrong every time. And they're doing it again. They own deaf. Baseball just never passes on an opportunity to shoot itself in the foot. It never passes on an opportunity to show that it has absolutely no ability in any way to read the room in this case read the room of sports fans across the country baseball acts like it's the nfl it wants to be the nfl 
you know, so powerful and so popular. It was the NFL we, before the NFL. We will put up with it. It was, but again, it's about baseball living in the past and not knowing what the hell is going on. And, you know, it's tiresome. Yes. And again, all we want, especially you and I is, you know, games, you know, we're still fans of baseball and fans of baseball are getting to be few and far between as the years pass by. So More it's frustrating. It's stupid. I mean, you can't, you can get in specifics all you want. Look, both sides are at fault. They're both stupid. Uh, if major league baseball truly wants the players to give in on these things, open your books, just like open the NFL does open the books, say this is how much money we make. This is what we want to give you guys. You can't ask the players for all these things. If you're not going to tell them what you're making, I'm sorry. That's why the NFL is successful. We've talked about it a million times. You have to become a partnership and there's so much acrimony between the two sides. So shame on all of them. Shame on all. We're taping this on Thursday, the 24th of February came out last night that if an agreement isn't reached by Monday, that this upcoming Monday, the 28th, then that will delay the start of the regular season. So that's just, again, guys, just another brilliant move on both your parts. I hope it gets delayed. I hope it gets delayed. I mean, I sort of always root for labor just because, you know, these, you know, because these owners are billionaires. Don't tell me you're losing money. I don't believe you. I don't believe yeah. you for a second. Yeah. And if you are, guess what? If you're losing money, guess what? Sell your team. For $4 billion. Yeah, exactly. $4 billion. Exactly. Other so, big baseball news coming out of New York was the uh, Yankees deciding to retire another number, Brian. How about that? Paul wow, O'Neal, what a shock. The Warrior, number 21. Going to be in here, he has a plaque in Monument Park, and apparently that wasn't enough. So the Yankees want to try and sell some tickets to a game that may not happen on August 21st, all O'Neill Day, so we can retire number 20. Can we stop already? Ah, it's all it's so on, Yankee. I mean, I Paul O'Neill is a really good player. Is Paul O'Neill and all you tell me because you're a Yankee fan, but maybe you have too much, maybe you're a little emotionally too close to this. Not at all. Is Paul O'Neill an all-time Yankee great? Is Paul O'Neill no. one of the top 25 Yankees of all time? No. No, not even close. Not even close. There's the, Listen, I, I, we've talked about a lifetime this. Yankee. We've talked about this before. I, I hate this. It's all marketing. It's all the uh, – just uh, – listen, he helped the Yankees win four World Series. Stick Michael made a great trade. I hated the trade. He was traded for Roberto Kelly. At I the time, him. I thought it was foolish, but it was a great trade. He was a very pivotal role in the Yankee championships. He was never the best player on the team. He won a batting title while he was with the Yankees. But, uh, the idea that the Yankees feel the need to do this. Listen, I could argue Reggie Jackson's number should have retired. He was with the Yankees for five years, helped them win two World Series. Uh, listen, any team can do what they want, but it's just dumb. It's just dumb. You know? Wait, Reggie's number is not retired? It is retired. I was going to say, yeah, I can sort of see that, although. I can't. I, I, I see he's played five years. You know, he's he not did. Sandy Koufax. He's not Sandy Koufax, and I'm. It's weird that Reggie wears a Yankee cap in the Hall of Fame. I kind of think more of him. But you know what? That's not true. I do kind of think of him at the, at the height of Reggie's power of him being a Yankee, like the 77, the late 70s Yankees. Yeah, he had five home, home runs in a row time. or whatever it was. Three in a yeah, game. Yeah, three home yeah. runs. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, he probably, if, they, if it wasn't if it wasn't his choice, he'd probably go in as, a, as an A. He was a Kansas City and then an Oakland athletic um, for several years. And then he went back there in his career. But the, look, So I'm okay with Reggie because Reggie's like one of those guys, like, I get it. Like, he had such a huge impact on the Yankees and on the city. And he was iconic. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great. And he is sort of like, even though he was there for a short time, he had he was iconic. I yes. get it. Iconic I baseball like, player. Paul is yeah. a really good player. 
was never the captain, was never the best player on those teams. I don't know. You'd ever think of him as being like the engine, like this is the guy, like this is the heartbeat of the team. That was Derek Jeter. To a certain degree, I'd say it was Bernie Williams. I was going to say Bernie Williams or Mariano Rivera were the two best players. Mariano, yeah. yeah. But the Yankees will do what they do. I mean, I I, I see this at the Celtics. Even the Celtics think, think Paul Neal is doing this uh, is yeah. ridiculous. I like to see my team's gone the other way, the Mets. Like, I think for years they, you know, probably because they're – you had to be in the Hall of Fame. You had to be the criteria to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Right. I think that's a pretty good criteria, but, you know, we could talk all day about the Yankees, but you oh, want yeah, to hold right, a day Keith for Paul O'Neill. Are you happy they're retiring Keith Hernandez's number? Yeah, I think that was overdue because I do think he falls into the Reggie category. He wasn't a homegrown guy. He had some, he had a Hall, he had Hall, not Hall of Fame, but he was a tremendous player before he ever stepped foot in, uh, in the home locker room at Shea Stadium. But he, he was the bet. He was, he was the leader of a, one of the all-time great teams. At least you know, but single-season teams. You know, they never were quite the dynasty we thought they might. Yeah, he was more of the leader of the team than an on the field. He wasn't the best player on the team. It was more of the it was off the field. Right, team. but I mean, if you even talk to some of those Mets guys, or you watch the uh, the Queen the uh, yeah, ESPN thirty for thirty series back uh, that was on a few months ago about the eighty six Mets. Um, you know, he was the leader. But he also was the guy. He was in the clubhouse watching the uh, last inning of the game six, right? And as he said, big mistake on that documentary, one of the biggest regrets of his career. He should have been out yeah. there with his teammates, but he was also the guy like, you know, Davey Johnson, the manager would go out to the mound um, and tell a pitcher to throw this, that, and the other thing. And then he, Davey would walk back to the dugout. Keith would go out the mound to the pitcher and basically say, F that, nothing but fastballs here. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm fine. I think it's overdue for Keith. Um, but I don't think I would have been like, I don't know. I, I, th- I just think the Paul Neal thing, it just hits differently. It's kind of like, you know, like, you know, it, you kind of know it. Like, it's like, you know, a Hall of Famer, like, you know, when a guy is like David Wright. Yeah. Are you going to retire his number? Because he played his whole career with the Mets. He's not a Hall of Fame player by any stretch. No, they probably will. I think you they know? probably He's kind of like your Don Mattingly. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good analogy. A guy who um, got to a World Series, played well in that World Series, but, you know, injuries kept him from being who he could be. I think that's that's Eric. That's a nice analogy about your part. Donnie Baseball and David Wright. So, listen, I'm sitting here, Brian, wearing a UConn uh, hat. I am an alum, 1995. This is actually I see that. Yeah. UConn hat that I got and I really like. I've had it for a couple of years now. Anyway, uh, UConn in the news this week because they played in front of a, quote, sellout at the XL Center on Tuesday night to uh, play Villanova. I've been in that building a million times, and it hasn't been like that. The last time it was like that, I think, was in February of 20, when they played against Memphis uh, on, a, on a midweek game where it was a, close to a sellout. But that place was rocking. Uh, I, I wrote a story about it yesterday. It had everything, almost like a screenplay. I don't know how much of the game you caught, but a little bit of everything, including the coach getting ejected, a last-second two calls that I thought were a little tricky, but – what was your thought on the UConn Villanova game and the Huskies back in the Big East? This is what we wanted. Brad. I loved it. Um, I caught the game. It was traveling Tuesday. I got home a little after eight Tuesday night. So, you know, as they would have it, that's right. That was right before tip off. So I watched about 80% of the game. Thought it was a great game. Um, I thought it did harken back to. It was old school Big East, and I just got done reading the book by Dana O'Neill, who wrote a book. She wrote a great book on the history of the Big East, Big East basketball. And, dude, if that wasn't like – no offense to the Butlers and the Creightons of the world and the schools that have joined in the last 10 years. Yeah. But, dude, if that wasn't like old school, like we hate you, you hate us, you're on our gym, we're going – you know, 
let's uh, i loved it it was old school big east i love that danny <laughs> i love that danny hurley got kicked off right before halftime i'm sure uconn fans didn't like that but i thought that added to it a little bit that gave it some flavor and it was a you know you know it was a great win for uconn it was a close win they came from behind they scored what five points in the last minute or so yeah. which is very unlike villanova villanova is always a well buttoned up team very well coached missed a free UCon- throw made a missed turnover, a free yeah. throw and uconn to their credit you know, they didn't look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't know what the hell that expression means, but I just used it yeah. anyway. Uh, and they they made the best of it. And I think, you know, there were, what, 21 and Villanova was ranked eighth going into that game. I mean, what you were there. So that's the part about your job that is so cool is that you got to actually get paid to sit there and listen to the place. But you said it like um, I haven't been there in a few years to a game at the Excel Center in Hartford. But you said, you know, you said the place was rocking, and that's how it should be for these games. It's what makes it fun. And listen, you know, and not to basketball. Get, yeah, and not to get sidetracked, but the place is an absolute dump. The it's XL been a dump Center, for years. It, it is in, in situations like this, like I've said before, it's putting lipstick on a pig. Listen, when it's full, any any building when it's full is going to rock, and it did. But, you know, just the the amenities there, the lines people had to for facilities uh, – I mean, this is inside baseball, but the Wi-Fi, I'm trying to edit after the game and my computer continues, keeps crashing. And so do the other media people around me. I mean, that's, you know, no one cares about that, but it's the the amenities and just look, you could keep renovating all you want. The place needs to be blown up and start over. If you really want to make an investment into a place that the state of Connecticut can really embrace big events, you got to build something new. Maybe you don't build it downtown Hartford because downtown Hartford's dead anyway. Uh, right. I don't know where you put it, but if you want to make a new place for the state of Connecticut, I'm all for it. I just, the Excel center is not the answer. It's just not. It's, well, it's also part of the thing that happens to, we see that a little bit in college basketball and all college sports, big college sports. Um, you mentioned that for the folks who aren't uh, familiar with it, um, the Excel center where they play, you can play some of their games is in downtown Hartford, smack dab in downtown Hartford. Uh, it is not an, on- so you're not, this is, not, I guess the one thing about this game that you could say kind of was a negative was that this was not an on-campus game. This is not a gamble pavilion on the UConn campus. So because it and listen, they're not alone. Villanova, Villanova plays uh, basketball, some of their games at whatever uh, Wells Fargo Arena or whatever the Sixers Arena is now. You know, these names change about once a week. Yeah, all the big um, games so, are going to be played off campus because of the seating. The capacity is Right, because 000. of the seating. Unless yeah. this is not like – unless. You you know unless you got Syracuse or you got like the Dean Dome down in North Carolina or Duke where you know it's well you know, it's very Cameron. revered yeah. yeah yeah so I don't know what the answer is I'll be you're right it's an antiquated facility but I don't know what the I don't see that place getting blown up anytime soon because there'll be a whole thing about who pays for it exactly and, you know who usually ends up paying for it is you and me you and me Mr Joe Joe taxpayer. Uh, two two other quickies. I just put a put a button on this. Uh, I was surprised. I was kind of caught in it for a minute that the fans rushed the floor. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that because I, to, I'm old school. You've won. UConn's won plenty of national championships. You were a favorite in the game by two and a half points, and Danny Hurley. Which I was pointed, surprised by. Danny Hurley pointed that out before, uh, afterwards, saying he told his guys that you're a favorite in this game. Don't play like underdogs. Uh, right. So so. And I, 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 funny, I was talking to a bunch of people before the game, and I wasn't sure. I didn't have a good read on it, but right before we went out there, someone asked me, and I said, you know, I feel like UConn's due to win one of these games, and they did. Um, the other thing, too, Jay Wright is one of the coolest cats in college basketball. 
the game ends, right? And I literally yeah. walk back to the, you know, you got to walk through a tunnel and, you know, you're 50, 60 steps away from uh, the media area, a little room where they have a little press area for the coaches to come in. I walk in the press area, turn my laptop on to start editing the second half and Jay Wright walked in. I literally had been in the room 30 seconds. The game had been over a minute and a half. And he walked yeah. in and it was me, Jay Wright and two other people. And he sat there and his PR guy was kind of like, you know, in an awkward position of like, okay, this coach is here and no one's here. And I know that his PR guy and I said, give me a minute. So I ran out to try to see where the media was and people were still, floor was overrun. So people were trying to get back in. Jay Wright sat there and said, I, I don't mind. Here's a guy who just had a horrible loss, sat right. there for five minutes and then started once some more media guys. Just a cool cat, man. Just something yeah. Always comes across as a cool cat. I wish they, you know, everyone, all the coaches are dressed in cash now, NBA and college coaches, and sort of miss Jay Wright and his expensive looking three P two or something. You know, like the powder blue. No, I didn't. I, I noticed that in the game. Then they're like, damn, Jay Wright's doing for this, this, uh, you know, sweats and yeah. sweatpants look now too. I was missing the suits. Always been a cool guy. I don't know him. I know a couple people, including you, who know him or work with him and say he's a, you know, in, a, in, a, in an industry and a, that isn't always uh clean he he's a first class a nice guy and a first class guy and you to your point about a disappointing loss i mean yeah i mean we've seen coaches you know you know better than i because i've, I've been in those rooms like five times you've been in there you're in there with them five times a week yeah. um some coaches are just like i'm not talking to anybody but you're jay right you got two national titles you know you got life is good like dude tough loss we'll be fine we're going to the tournament we're going to make some noise and i think they will and that leads me to my next question to you because you've been following this uconn team all year and again for our fans here in connecticut four or five uh, we are we are well okay, a five seed four or five seed right now yeah depending on what might happen in, in i thought before villanova maybe like a five seed but then maybe there are four now and depending what they do in the big east tournament maybe they could be a three i'm thinking but my, anywhere between three and five depending on how they finish the year and I don't know that either one of us have a great idea of the landscape of college hoops this no. season. I've been a little more, much more disengaged than I usually am with college hoops on a, on a national scale. So I don't know if you have any opinion, like, is this a team you could see could make some noise? Or be, this is a team that's just going to be happy to get to there. And maybe if they win a game. I would say Sweet 16 possible. Uh, anything after that is gravy. Sweet 16 is still a pretty big deal. I mean, you're winning yeah, two no. games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they didn't win a game last year and they made the tournament. So, right. I mean, they're expecting they, – the thing they have going for them is they have experience. They have a, a grad transfer point guard and uh, R.J. Cole who can – and the end of these games is a, great with the ball in his hands. Tyrese Martin, uh, Tyler Polly who hit that big shot the other day. They got some guys with some experience. And they have a freshman who's coming on. And Sonogo, the big guy in the middle, is tremendous. So, they got a lot of things going for them. If they can shoot it, they could be very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Big if, but yeah. And look, I'm, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the next, in the few weeks, in the weeks to come, because we're on the cusp of March. Thank you. Yeah. And that means March Madness is not too far behind. One more snowstorm ahead of us, but anyway. Uh, the other news, Great. real quick, when I get to college basketball, Jawan Howard, uh, I took some heat for this on Twitter, by the way, because I went on the air that night. You didn't see it. Jawan Howard got into a little scrap, didn't like the coach of Wisconsin called timeouts late in the game. But hey, Jawan, if you're down 15 with less than a minute ago and you're still pressing and they have walk ons in the game, and they have trouble getting the ball over half court while you're pressing and they call a timeout, you can't get mad. Sorry. Yeah. You can't get mad. And that's what happened. He didn't like that, that they were yeah. calling a couple timeouts. And then, you know, he threw a – and that, people said you can't say he threw a punch, but he, I guess he, he flailed or swung his arm at someone with an open hand slap and an assistant coach. He was suspended. But, you know, I said on the air, like, 
It's not a good look. I don't care. If, and Jawan said, will someone put their hand on me first? I watched tape a hundred times. The coach originally grabbed his arm to stop him from walking by him. But after that, the only people touching Jawan Howard were the team trying to hold him back when he threw the. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't hear up. about the, I didn't Throw want to up. hear about the excuse. I didn't care about it. You know, if it was up to me, if I was running that thing, someone does that, I fire his ass. Yeah. You know, Woody, Woody Hayes a bunch of years ago got fired, and Woody Hayes is a hell of a better basketball coach than Juwan, a football coach than Jawan Howard is a basketball coach, at least so far. Yeah. But I mean, so they got suspended for the rest of the regular season, which is that that's 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 Two the games. wording in it. That, yeah, that's the wording, Eric. The rest of the regular season. How many games is that? Two. Like yeah. five. Oh, two? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, two, whatever, a couple. Yeah, yeah no, he got suspended for like a week. Yeah. Three games. Yeah. And he oh. probably still coached the team. That's neither here nor there. But exactly. someone criticized me. Like, if someone put their hands on you, you don't know what you'd be like in that situation. you got to protect yourself. The guy's seven feet tall. Against, uh, yeah, give him. me a break. He's a, he's a former – he was a professional athlete. Let's calm down because the assistant coach, the 5'9 assistant coach might have brushed up against you. Let's yeah. settle down. You're supposed to be a leader of young men, dude. The other thing real quick I wanted to mention was Phil Mickelson, uh, who people love on the PGA Tour. Is he 51 years old now? Got in some hot water last week because he had some uh, – Quotes that he's now, of course, saying off the record because that's what you always do when you are caught saying something, you just want to blame the reporter, which is very annoying. Uh, basically, there's a, a Saudi Arabian golf league that's being financed to try to compete against the PGA Tour. Mickelson, I'm uh, telling you a very crib note version of this, thought it was a good idea to get in bed with some uh, Saudi golf league because of the chance to make a lot of money despite their human rights uh, track record of. You know, you know, decapitating reporters, killing yeah, people stuff like are, that. Who are gay, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, might not be great on women's rights. Yeah, it's yeah. it's worth it because it's a chance to go after the PGA. That's kind of what Phil said. He walked it back and on the record because he's losing sponsorships, etc. Uh, did, did Phil, how much money do you need? Phil? You know what I mean? How much money do you? Well, need? I've never been a Mickelson fan, and as Me I neither. get older, and I you know, and I watch, and I'm more into golf now than I was as a younger person, even now. See that I'm even less of a Phil fan now uh, because it always seems like, and I know this is like a lot of athletes and you might be able to say this about Tiger Woods because these guys have huge egos, but Phil doesn't have a good job, doesn't do a good job or doesn't care that it's always about Phil and the hell with everybody else. At He's least that's the perception. I He's get. a phony. Yeah. He's a phony. And there's I, a reason why everyone on tour can't stand him. He's become a little more lovable because he's older and that happens. You know, yeah, when we talked players. about it last year when yeah. the U.S. Open at 50. It was a great human interest story because, you know, shoot, we're both looking at 50 and like, oh, yeah, maybe we can get well, not when the U.S. Open. Maybe, you know, maybe you can still do stuff without feeling, you know, whole, whole body aching for three days afterward. Fine. That's cool. I get it. That's but not true, by the way. That's not from a guy who sat on the floor at the XL Center for a couple of days in a row shooting basketball game. No, you feel awful. No, I, I know. It's, no. Awful. it's, awful. it's a myth. It's a myth. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, he's making it about himself again. I did like, again, I don't, I never a huge, I'm sort of reading about the story now. I didn't have a, a huge like uh, knowledge about the story until a couple till earlier, actually this morning when we talked about it before going on air. And I'm glad to see guys like Brooks Kepka and, and like, you know, younger PJ stars. Roy McElroy. Roy McElroy basically, basically telling this other league to pay, to, to pound sand. Not yeah. that everybody loves the PGA, but come on guys. Yeah. Ain't nobody, no, ain't no, ain't none of you that caliber of player getting poor on the PGA tour. So no. let's let's. So it's good to see some of the younger guys know that. Yeah, we're not. No, yeah, we're we're cool with the where we yeah. are. 
All right, so we got you caught up on sports. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. We come back. There's uh, some birthday. Uh, Brian's list is uh, reasonable this week. I'll say reasonable. Uh, Thank you. Uh, pronouncing a couple of the names is going to be tricky, but uh, we'll work it. We'll work. We'll work. We'll work through it together. We will. All right, we'll have all that and more coming up on uh, the EDBC podcast, Brian. All right, but first, the first uh, we talk about it so often, but let's talk about it again. Our folks, our friends, to the fine folks over at Allswell. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all, the Oswell mattress features hybrid mattress technology that combines the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, the goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result, you know it, it's the Oswell Queen mattress. This is a queen-size mattress that starts at $345. Go, go mattress shopping. Do it right now after you listen to this podcast. Go to your mattress store in your area. Try and find a queen size mattress that starts as low as three to forty five bucks. You'll be driving around all damn day. Can't do it. That's why you should go to allswellhome.com and check them out. Here's another good reason to do it. If you go to our website, edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com, if you go to our website, you click on any one of our podcast episodes, you'll see a link for allswellhome.com. You click on that link and you shop there on Allswell, you're going to get 15% off that first order. That's even another way to save. So it's awesome sleep. You know, we all need sleep, trying times. World's a crazy place. Get your rest, get some sleep, and you can sleep well and save well when you shop with Allswell. All right, uh, Brian, we're going to do this real quick. Godfather returns to the movie theaters. Why am I not hearing about this? What is this? I all just about? saw this this morning on the social media. You know, the kids are on the Twitter and all this yeah. stuff. Social media. Are you TikToking again today? I was not TikToking. I am. I am anti TikTok. Right. I hate TikTok. I don't even know what the hell it is, really, because I'm an old guy now. But apparently tomorrow, again, we're taping this on Thursday, February 24th. Apparently tomorrow, Friday, February the 25th, for one week only at a certain theater chain, I don't know which one, which one it is, so do your own damn research, folks. The Godfather is returning to movie theaters. The Godfather yeah. will officially turn 50 in terms of being released in movie theaters next month in March. And so I'm sure you and I, being old guys who like older movies and have stupid trivia about stuff like this i'm sure we'll discuss that more in the coming weeks but i thought that little tidbit this morning was interesting if yeah. you've never seen it, it's a great movie like again i know i probably sound like uh my parents generation saying go watch casablanca I'm like eh, it's old people stuff i don't care but uh, <laughs> i think it's uh i thought it was kind of cool i always kind of dig when they they put the older movies back so if you were too young and certainly i was i wasn't even born until a month after the godfather came in the theaters that you get the chance to experience in the movie theater having said that there's no chance in hell i'm going to the movies next week to see the godfather why not but i appreciate it who wants to well it leads to a perfect segue to your birthday list because we go from the godfather to an actor who probably is he was in the godfather first of all he's in the godfather part two which i didn't know until like two weeks ago uh, you you texted did you text me that or do we I don't know how I, and I was blown away you didn't know that somebody put that on Twitter and like showed him the scene of him in The Godfather Part Two and then a scene of him in The Sopranos yeah. and I was blown away and I retweeted it maybe that's how you did, like you did it I don't think I actually reached out to you personally yeah. I, I'm only I'm only so surprised. much invested in this and I'm only so so much invested in this relationship we're just trying to get the podcast well there is a text <laughs> limit by the way I limit you during the week. Uh, yeah. Dominic Chianese, uh, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos. Starting our yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I heard him on the Talking Sopranos podcast several months ago. And I want to say that they mentioned, they beat around the bush about his age, but I, I'm pretty sure he's 90. Is that true, Brian? 
You are so damn close, Eric. How old is he? So damn close. But as of yesterday, I believe his birthday was yesterday. Uh, Dominic is 91. All right. So he was 90 when I heard the interview. There you go. Yes. But he's had a wonderful a career. Guess. was a stage actor, uh, lived in Manhattan for a long time, uh, tremendous singer. Uh, I think he plays the guitar, just a well-rounded guy. And I think his son is in the business, too. I should have looked that up, uh, but I didn't. Because I just, Why don't you look that up? I don't have And then time. next week, we may, we may if, you do, if you look it up, we may or may not discuss it next week. Yes. And then see you have another guy on the list, too. When I see this guy's name, I right away, what do you, what do I think of when I see this name? Uh, I think of Miami Ice. I don't know what you, you think that's of. It. Yeah, yep, that's it. Uh, Edward, but you know, so much beyond that. Um, uh, Edward James almost. What was the movie? He was, in? Was, he was a teacher or something. What was that? Stand and Deliver. Thank you. There you go. It's a t- yeah, uh, great movie. I never saw it, but I heard it was really good. It and just that, you know, it's funny. You look at. And I'm, I'm trying to say this delicately. Uh like a great character actor as far as he doesn't have the leading man looks. Is that the best way to do it? Oh, that's that? fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but just a, a great character. actor, Edward James, almost Miami vice, big show back in the eighties. He was the what chief of police in that role. I think he was Lieutenant Castillo. There you go. The idea that you know, that is just mind boggling. Uh, Edward James, almost is, common knowledge. Edward James, almost is 75. Bang. No kidding. Good for you. Bullseye. Wow, I'm on the money. Wow. Uh, you have two more on this list. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I know, obviously know the next. I don't know the last one. I don't yes, know. Yes, you do. I do. Okay. Because he's only been like three movies and he's been on one of our favorite TV shows. So you do, but I didn't know. I, I had to double check because I thought it, it, I, he is who he is. I did double check, but we can. So you want to do that now? No, we'll do Drew Barrymore first. Drew Barrymore, the lovable uh, actress who has had her ups and downs through life. Child, child actor. Correct, right? Was she in E.T.? Yeah, she was in the E.T. Yes. And a bunch of movies. Uh, famous Char- Flash Letterman, yeah. which was classic. Yeah, Flash Letterman. We did that Charlie's, Charlie's Angels crap, those re- crappy remake movies. Something about her I always liked, her bubbly personality, maybe her little bit of a lisp she has when she talks. There's just something cute about her. Scamp, but- maybe? There you are. Excuse me one more time. Bit of a scamp, maybe a little frisky, yeah. a little feisty, feisty, always fun to be around. I thought you said tramp stamp. I didn't know what you said. No, I did not. No, no, no. Not, Drew not Barrymore. Yet. She, man, she's older than us. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it. All right, I'm going to say she's 50. She's not. No kidding. How old is she? E.T. came out sometime, I think it's turning 40 later this year. Year he came out in 1982, I think the summer of 1982. All right, so she was like, I mean, child labor laws had to be watched closely when this movie was. So, you tell me she was like seven, eight years old when that came because out? She's, yeah, because she's 47. All right, just turned 47. Damn it. Now, the last one is, I mean, it's like, again, yeah. if you want, it's like he played a great role in one of the great 80s movies of all time that a lot of people still talk about. Uh, I'm talking about the actor Paul Dooley, and Paul Dooley played the dad uh, molly ringwald's dad in 16 candles also had if you guys if you've ever seen a movie this is even older i think 1979 ever see a great movie it's about bicycling if you ever seen a movie breaking away no he plays the main character's dad in that so like two of those like movies a lot of people have seen from our generation or older and then also i don't think he's been on recently but he did play larry in several episodes early in the in the early in the series 
he played Larry David's father-in-law on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He played he played Cheryl's dad. Oh, I don't remember so that. He's got curb. like two. He's like, well, uh, there was an episode of Beloved Aunt where like he Larry is charged with writing the obituary after his wife's aunt dies. Okay. But they misspelled the word aunt and they replaced the A with a C by mistake. So there's a great scene between Larry and Paul Dooley's character, Larry's father-in-law, yelling at each other. That's in season one. Look that episode up. It's a great scene. It's not family friendly. Yeah. It's a hilarious scene. So I love this guy just because he's like, he was the dad who he was the poor dad in Molly in 16 Candles, which is a great movie. I mean, yeah. it's got not not doesn't they, parts of it really have not aged well and just say it like that. So I thought I'd give this guy a shout out because he's 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 trucking along. So knowing that and the time frame I have laid out, what would you guess his age? Google Paul Dooley, by the way, if you guys are like from the 80, if you're 80s child, don't know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to say right around the Edward James almost number. I'll say 75. Boom. You're way off. Really? Dominic Chinisi is like looking up at this dude. Uh, Paul Dooley is 94. Get out of town. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Would you have known that? No. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't 16 think 16 Candles is 1985, 1986, right? 84. So, 16 84. Candles is 84. I haven't seen the movie, but Breaking Away, which is a great movie. If you're going to see it was 79 wow. I, th- I kept thinking he was in caddyshack and like he wasn't in caddyshack no but i knew he had like one of those put upon dad roles he's good as the put upon dad wow hey that's a great list brian very very diverse list hit all the different genres i like it i like it a lot so good job by you and hey, we gotta take one more time out though before we uh wrap this baby up i'm still trying to figure out that paul dooley's night yeah he is 94. oh my god you're right you do research man i double checked the research all right. He was All right. Yeah. Popeye. We're yeah, running out of time. So let, me, uh, let me tell you before we got to go here. Let me remind you about Instacart. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Stay warm this winter. We're just still hanging around. We got some storm coming our way in the Northeast uh, this weekend. Stay warm this winter by in- utilizing Instacart, Instacart's convenience and ready-made meals with priority delivery. That means you can get your favorite snacks and meals delivered in as first as fast as 30 minutes. It's a cool thing. That means Instacart now has the opportunity that if you have stores that are open later hours and you feel like you need a little late night snack, you, you want to get a ready made meal later at night. Some people work crazy hours. Look at poor Eric. He's sitting in the he's sitting on a basketball court for seven hours, you know, probably at home till midnight. Well, you know, use your Instacart account and sign up and get your deli- groceries delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. And here's the great thing. When you sign up the Instacart account right now, and this isn't going to last forever, you can get 10 bucks off your first order. So short, sweet, and neat. Shop at home and save with Instacart. All right. Uh, great. You know, the, the enthusiasm of these ad reads, Brian, I got your, you know, over the top good. I get over paid the by the, uh, the, the vowel. So listen, Brian, I'm gonna let, we're going to wrap this up with uh, a little tribute. Unfortunately, in life, these things happen. And uh, a tough w- couple of weeks for your family, losing your father. If people don't follow you on Facebook, uh, I know you want to bring a few words because I know he's your biggest fan. And he would often text me about and thank me for carrying you during the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, carrying you. You don't believe that, do you? Uh, I, 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 the reason I don't know, I know that it's not true is I'm pretty sure he never mastered the art of texting. That's true. Um, but it was. We he were all faxed me. He would fax me often. <laughs> More like, that's that's plausible. That would be yes. plausible. But your dad yeah, was a we big were... sports fan, helped you, um, you know, grow your love of sports. And he, he would, it was always a download we could count on every week. So he'll be missing. Yeah, tell, and us that's about, tell us about your dad. That's what's making this one tough for me this week. Um, and thank you, Eric. Um, 
because I wasn't there last week to do it. I wasn't ready. Um, it's been about a week and a half. Um, and sudden, but somewhat sudden, but not sudden. So we we're trying to brace yourself, but it's hard to brace yourself, Eric. I mean, I know, unfortunately, we're both now in this uh, in this club of people who have lost their dads. And I'm now, unfortunately, feeling the things that I've heard other people talk about in terms of your emptiness and your loss. And there's that numbness, which I now understand exactly what people were saying. I mean, you're sort of just like... You're just numb. You're not quite sure what to do. You have your ups and downs. But yeah, my dad, dad a lot of what I do and uh, and my love of sports came from him. You know, I got to, we lived close enough to a big city where I could go, we were able to go to games a lot as a kid. Don't take, uh, and, and don't don't shortchange that because going to the games, you're your old man. Uh, I hope my kids feel the same way. It, those memories last. They mean something. Like, I mean, you know, I've said before, like I went to Boston Garden, I saw Kevin McHale score 56 points, sitting in good seats at the old stinky ratty, talk about this, uh, you know, crappy building, the Boston Garden back then, but <laughs> it has memories then. And like, that was a time of Celtics record. And we talked about that a few years ago. Is that weren't we at the Garden where there's a big game where like Kevin McHale did something like, yeah, he hung 56 points in the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, And, uh, you know, he retired to Arizona, to the Phoenix area. And I said that because last year I got a call from him uh, last June and he called me up and said, Hey, do you have a few minutes? I said, yeah. So I mean, if you do, I just want to talk about something with you. And as your parents get older, you know, you sometimes you get those calls and you sort of, you get nervous, you get panicky. So he sounded very serious. He said, you know, it's been years. I stopped following the NBA years ago. I just not into it anymore. But, you know, I've been watching these Suns in the finals and like, what do you think of? So like basically he called me up to talk about <laughs> the Phoenix Suns in the finals. And I, I remember that call. Like I thought I was like, what's he like, you know, I, you know, I got three months to live or something. And he said, yeah, I don't know. What do you I mean? Can the Suns really win the finals? That, that, are they that good? And so I could talk and we're up against the clock and I could talk about them for hours. I had I, as you should. Again, yeah, I just, you know, a lot of the, you know, father and son relationships are not always easy. They're not always clean. There were times when my relationship with my dad was neither easy nor clean. And we were, we were, we have a lot of similar traits. We're also, we were also are, and we're very different people in a lot of ways. So there are a lot of times when there would be, you know, at least there'd be conversations about sports. And so if you think, you know, I know if you're a non-sports fan, think sports are frivolous. You know, things like sports and music or books, yeah, that not maybe the most important thing in the world. They don't put bread on your table, but they help build memories and they help yeah. build a connection where sometimes a connection has been lost or a connection has been weakened. So I want to thank my dad for uh, sort of building that with it with me. And like if he didn't, if we, he and I didn't have those shared memories and experiences, uh, if you're doing you're doing this podcast with somebody else right now. Yep. Because no, you're hundred uh, percent right. And we say it all the time. Life is short, man. So yeah. And again, it, I'm not going to, I, yeah. And again, I'm just wrapping up. I know, you know, we're going to wrap it up for this week and we'll be back next week. You know, same bat channel, that time to be determined. So yeah, I'll just say to thank you to my dad. I said, it's going to be hard for me to like upload this episode today or tomorrow, knowing that he's for the first time ever since we started this, he's not going to be waiting for it or clicking on it. That's tough. But it's a reminder, like, if you have close people to you, please tell them that they mean something to you and give them a hug. It means a lot. And that's all I got. All right, Brian. Thanks a lot. 
he, everything he just said there, folks, you never know. You got to embrace life because it's one day at a time. So thanks for listening exactly. to EDB, EDBC podcast. We'll see you all next week. See ya.